There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. It is September 13th, 2021. We are in the com studios. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson. Action Jackson, what's the word? Oh, man. Tell me the word. I want to know what the word is. Really solid weekend. What happened? Well, you have anal or something? No, no, unfortunately. No anal play this weekend, but, you know, still still on the board yeah it's uh, a SEMO week so it should be this week <laughs> absolutely so much good sports on uh it was my dad's birthday over the weekend got to hang out with my whole family how old did he turn he turned 62 he turned 68 years old is that That's right the, yeah 68 with years you being old. such a young tyke i figured that uh yeah yeah i have you know my siblings are old my brother's 10 years older than me and my sister's 12 years older than me so a uh, little bit of discrepancy there but my my father looks fantastic 68 you wouldn't think he's a day over 55 luscious head of hair which really you stings. Yeah, no it stings stings all me. of us in the studio <laughs> it's really stings really great head of hair like john lennon and uh so that was but it's always he smoked a brisket which can't beat so i uh had a fantastic weekend wish the tigers would have fared better but you know can't can't win them all um yeah, i had a, i really did as well i just am so weather unfortunately dictates my state of mind yeah that's not good mm-hmm. that's not a good thing that's not a positive trait you're definitely not alone it just because I, I, if i'm able to be outside so here's what i did friday uh-huh. had a great round I, I i i have been i thought i was done with competition but i have another competition that's why we've best of on friday yeah this weekend um and so I started messing with my swings. I only hit like a four iron, like 190. Well, we've talked about it. We both don't hit our irons as well as we, and I think that's, I'm not going to get into the particulars because I'm going to lose everybody. So I started messing with my swing with a uh, swing instructor, uh, Craig Story, who is ridiculously, um, I, I don't know, I don't know too many people who know the golf swing better, but he throws a lot at me and I need to like go step by step and so my game, which you have bore witness to, mm-hmm. born witness to, bore witness to. I think bore. Wit- I think the bore. Bore is a bore? Yeah, yeah. We'll go with it. I mean, I just was a disaster. Yeah. And then I was playing in the game where I play money game. Um, I'll give the I'll give the game because it can get it can get I used to say, well, the most it can be is ninety six dollars a hole per person. But uh, I guess that what's uh, 96 times 2? 182? 192. Nurse? 192, right? 192. 192. Yeah. So theoretically, it can be that if there's a repress. So let's see. Uh, there's a $20 Nassau. And then if you're down to automatically new bet starts. So mm-hmm. you could have a million of those going. Not a million, yeah. but a few of those going at once. And it's only for nine holes. It's not for overall. So it's they close out on the 9th and they close out on the 18th. Yeah. And it's $4 a point, And there are five points a hole. One point for whoever in the four, it's, it's two people against two people. One point for whichever team has procs in regulation. There's no procs if nobody's on in regulation. So closest to the hole in regulation. Uh, two points for 
low team total. So if you and I were teammates and I got a four and you got a six, our team total would be 10. Now, yeah. if you're getting a pop, our team total would be nine, six, five, four, yeah. nine, uh, four plus five, nine. Um, and then whichever of the four has the low ball, the team gets the total. If yeah. there is a birdie, it doubles. And then if there is a press, it doubles. And then if you can press on the tee box. And so if you press uh, after you see your opponents, because the p team ahead always hits first, uh, and then the next team that pressed, uh, you can get repressed if they hit shitty shots. And now all of a sudden you can have, I mean, you can, uh, you got to dig in. Yeah. And almost keep like a notepad. Oh, just yeah. To keep I honestly, together. each hole, I'll go, I won't go each hole because I know it's annoying. I mean, I'll have an idea of who won the hole, but yeah. I sometimes don't know on all the points. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't go out with this group of guys some of whom are loyal listeners of the podcast, by the way, mm -hmm. um, and use this swing that I have been trying to implement, thinking the golf season was basically over and I would work on this yeah. this winter. Because uh, I will, I will, because I'm playing as a course four handicap and I'm really playing more like a 15 and I'm just going to be, I, I'll lose hundreds of dollars. Can't do it. Yeah. So I just unpacked it and went back to my old thing and then went out and shot two over. So it was there lovely that I can that I can go back and forth in yeah. between the two things. Because yeah. I was kind of like, once I go to this, I won't be able to go back to the old thing. Certainly. The old thing has a much higher floor, but a lower ceiling. Yep. The new thing has an incredibly low, low floor. But I think it's the thing that'll get me to, I think I'll get to a scratch golfer. And I think I'll get to a plus. But it's going to take a lot of work. Because it is... Uh, I don't think anybody's watching this outside of you, but it is turning using the knee, which I don't do. Yeah. And then you see, you can't see my left heel is up off the ground yeah. and then like almost like a dance move. Now my right heels off the ground, yeah. the weight has shifted and it's like a Rory McIlroy kind of thing that I'm attempting to yeah. do just activate. When I just lower. picked up the game really five years ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, so to go out there and it's, it's, it was chaos. And so, I've abandoned that, but either way, that wasn't what we were talking about. We were talking about the weekend, so I did that on Friday and then played again, but took my son out yesterday Hell with yeah. two of the guys I regularly gamble with, For sure. which is usually intense, but they're just like, oh, we're not gambling. Just come out. He was great. He was so great. We went all 18 holes. They loved him, screwed off, had yeah. fun. He hit balls. He hits a nice swing for four years old. Certainly. And, uh, but then the one day I didn't go outside for the most part. I went to my niece's soccer game with uh, my son on, on Saturday morning. My whole family was there and that was cool. But Very much so. yeah. I came home. Jameson was with my in-laws. Anna Marie was going to be out there. And she's like, you have seven hours of just absolute do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, I'll go home. I'll eat. And then I'll go up to the golf course and maybe I'll just go out there and practice or whatever. And that, that'll make me happy. And then I'll come home and I'll watch Missouri, Kentucky. Yeah. There it is. But Oregon, Ohio state was such a good game. Such a good game. I start watching it and, and I don't usually care that college football takes a while, but in this case, now the game didn't, I think it started at 11. It might've ended like three fifteen ish. Yeah. I was getting close to three thirty. Okay. And yeah. so then it ends, and then I look at the T-sheet, and the T-sheet's full. I'm like, fuck, I can't go anywhere. So then I wind up, well, I don't even know. The, the games at 2.30 didn't intrigue me as much. I know A&M was on the ropes, but wound up winning. There was another one. Uh, yeah. Oh, Iowa State was a jack-off yeah, game. That was lame. Yeah. And so now it's 6.30. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to watch Missouri-Kentucky. 
That ends at whatever time, 10-something. Yeah, 10. I love watching Gabe's Power Mizzou. Do you ever watch Gabe's Power Mizzou postgame show? Like the drink with Gabe thing? It's like, great. Yeah, it's, it, it's he takes great. callers. He takes calls. <laughs> so I own, I, part of me, me, Anna-Marie, and my son, too, I love the fact that he's laughing at this shit. It's great, because that means he's got a demented sense of humor. I suppose it's not surprising, since he calls me an asshole. Uh, so we're already on the right track. Um, but we're watching it, Gabe, deal with <laughs> the phone lines I just think, and part of me Anna-Marie and I are laughing so and my son's laughing I don't know if he knows what he's laughing at and I love like Gabe might be one of my uh, my Mount Rushmore favorite people because it is so it's just absolute he suffers no fools yeah it's the greatest yeah. and yet he's in this role of covering not only covering a you know big time you know I'm not saying Missouri's Alabama or Duke something like that you know Alabama football Duke basketball but, you know, it is a big time. It's an SEC school. Yeah. But it's a tortured SEC school. It's not like Vanderbilt, where no. it's kind of like we went to Vanderbilt. If we win something great, we're all multimillionaires. We went exactly. to Vanderbilt. We're yeah. good. And Mississippi State kind of, I think, probably accepts what they are. Yeah. Ole Miss has its party scene, plus the people who go there, I think, are just going to whatever's going on with the, that situation. I feel like half the St. Louis metropolitan area goes to Ole Miss now. Missouri kind of. I think, and and listen, I want to see Missouri. Win. I, I, the fa- I'm sure some Alabama fans would hear me say, "I want to see Missouri win a football national championship." They'd probably do a spit take, you know, <laughs> yeah. or even a Georgia fan or a Florida fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, hell, maybe even Arkansas fan. But that's where I am on it. So Gabe is not only this guy who's handling being the college guy for a college fan base in one of the Power Fives has got to be brutal. Not all the places, probably a lot less so in the Pac-12. But he's a Missouri guy, and he has zero interest in putting up with the bullshit. And so, you know, he, you know, he, you can just tell it like he's a second away at any moment from telling the entire audience to go fuck themselves. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. and that's what I love. So here he is. And I don't view I don't view us as old. You probably do, which is fine. You don't need to put a disclaimer on. It's fine. I'm 21 years older than you. But I don't view us as old, but I know Gabe, but Gabe, I think I probably am coming through the lens if I have a four-year-old. Gabe has two kids out of the house already. I always kind of feel like that, that helps color it. And so Gabe's like, I'm too old. I know he thinks I'm too old to be doing this shit. And so Missouri loses a game and now he's <laughs> on YouTube. At 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, taking phone calls with, Anytime somebody would call in, they'd go, hello, hello. <laughs> and it's like a bad sports talk radio brokered show. Yeah. And then even if they just called in, they start talking and he hasn't even punched them up. And then he punches, he, he thinks he's punched them up, but they're already on and they are clearly listening to the stream. So there's like an eight second delay. Gabe's trying to talk, but he can hear the echo of himself in the background. And you can tell he's just, he's so close to just disconnecting the whole thing and going to bed. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple buddies call into that. Oh, they call into it? Yeah. And and Anna Marie goes, who would call into this? I go, who would argue with somebody on social media? I yeah. said, it doesn't matter. It's, it's what goes on. It's, yeah. it's you know. Uh, but there he is doing it. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, I'm kind of interested in hearing what he has to say. But there's so many technical issues. And I feel so badly for him because I know he's like, God, I got to fucking do this. But whatever. Yeah. So anyway. Now it's 1030. Now my son's going to bed, just like most four-year-olds at 11 o'clock. Yeah. And I'm going, I didn't do a damn thing with this day. Yeah. 
And yeah, I bet on football. Shipped it again, Jackson. Virginia, we gave it to you as the lock of the week on pick six. This wizard, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, he felt fun. terribly about Iowa-Iowa State. He was off on that. Although he was on the under, and I didn't use it as one of my picks. But uh, I used the Iowa State minus four. He felt terribly about that. What else didn't he hit? I went three and three. Pick six live on the uh, live stream and on the Tim McKernan Show presented by Tullamore Dew. I know he went three and three. He won BYU. He won Virginia, Illinois. One oh, we missed Oregon Ohio State over by a half point. Oh my God, yeah, and they had that was the same score of like eight minutes left to go in the game. Yeah, they just needed. I thought for score. sure, but he, it's so weird. He texted me with like ten minutes left because we got to get some points, and I'm like, we're good. But then I was like, oh shit, he's texting me, and therefore it matters. Yeah, it's like my dad. I'll give my dad these picks. And he'll be, you know, he, he's square. Yeah. And as am I, I'm just getting good information, that, which makes me winning. It's got nothing to do with me. And uh, and he's like, well, we're good on Ohio State. And then sure enough, you know, they don't cover it by a half point. They scored 63 points in three quarters, but they scored no points in the first quarter. And that's why it didn't cover. Uh, combined, no points. Arkansas, Texas, under. under yeah. Which Texas scored on fourth and two with two minutes left. So that... Uh, hurt. So did I go four and two or three and three? Three and three. What the, what's the other game I lost? Uh, uh, B no, no Iowa State, uh, Oregon, OSU over, and then Texas, Arkansas under. Okay, all right. And you hit Coastal, which was the freest money of all time. Now that was a sweat, though. See, that's the thing. You can't complain when you win a sweat and you lose a sweat. That's For part sure. of the deal. It's like when people would tell bad beat stories in poker. If you play poker, you're going to have bad beats. It's just the way that it works. The math is the math. Yeah. Anyway. What's the fucking point of the Adderall sessions? <laughs> the Adderall sessions is this. I have discovered, and I'm glad I've discovered it on week one, that even when I'm betting, even when I've got action all over the place, that if I stay inside and I watch games, it is unfulfilling and I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. So I think if I would have gone out and played golf or hung out with my family or whatever the rest of the day, not that anybody did anything, went to my niece's soccer game and that was it and been outside the house, I would have been able to appreciate and enjoy the Missouri game and like, ah, oh, that was nice to be able to watch a game and whatever. But when you did it for basically nine hours, I feel empty inside. I hear you. Yeah. That's, that was me yesterday watching football yeah. for six straight hours. So I'm like, I've got, I've got fuck it. Whatever. And no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not, I think I less, another lesson I've learned is even though it's not my money, I know when you talk money for whatever reason, people get there. It's a thing. Yeah. So, but the Tam Avenue Capital Partners were active on DraftKings. No surprise. And I Certainly. spent a lot of the day on Saturday and yesterday morning, Sunday morning, building out rosters. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to go out and play golf. Yeah. And if it winds up working out, God great. Yeah. If it doesn't, I'm not going to sit in front of the TV and be watching school. I'm just not going to do that. That's not, that's not what I want to do. I'm not saying people who do it, they're wrong. Um I just I have learned for me personally, and it's and it's, it's taken a while because I felt this way for a while. Like on a Sunday night, when inevitably we don't win money, or if we do, it's nominal. That I go to bed and I go, God, what a fucking waste of a day! Yeah, what a waste of a day. Now, if I had some people over, or I went to friend, family's members' house and watched the games and spent time, but sitting in front of the TV and just watching games and gambling for me is a negative thing. Even if I'm winning money, it's just a, it's just a negative thing. Now if we would have won the million different deal, but, Certainly. but, the, but so I'm just like, I, I now know it. 
I guess when late October, early November rolls around, you don't necessarily want to be outside anyway. But there's just something for me, unfortunately, where I need to be outside. And I got to do it. And I feel better once I do it. It's like yesterday. I got up super fucking early, 6 o'clock. I'm like, God, why am I up? But I know if I go back to bed, then it'll screw up my sleep for tonight. So screw it. I'll get up. And then I work out and I'm like, ah, at least I've done that. Now yeah. I'm feeling good that I've done that. Even good though, start. You know, so that's exactly. So as much as I love having football back on, I can't sit inside and watch it all day. Yeah. I have to get out and, and, and do, do something. something. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Can't do it. So with that all said, uh, um, we do have the pick six podcast presented by Tullamore do. Um, that'll be live at 6 p.m. And then if you miss it, of course, it's on the Tim McKernan Show podcast. This podcast, the Tim McKernan Show, QFTA with Action Jackson, is presented by Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert, online at thehomeloanexpert.com. If you're looking to buy a home or refinance, go online at thehomeloanexpert.com. He's the best, really is the best. And I have done business in both capacities, both refinancing and with getting pre-approved with Ryan Kelly in the last 18 months. And I recommend it to you as well. The home loan expert.com James Carlton. Once you get that home or once you get pre-approved, once you refinance, make sure you're working with James Carlton, 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton state farm. And if you're doing it during the business hours, somebody's going to pick up and talk to you right away. I love that customer service at James Carlton. They're in Webster Grove, State Farm Insurance, 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. He really is the best. If he wasn't, I wouldn't have switched to him. And I have been a James Carlton client now for three years. We're approaching the fourth anniversary of this podcast, by the way. Um, yeah, getting close to 450 episodes. Is that right? Yeah, I think this will be episode 438. Uh, I, uh, I almost kind of got into the the plan, so to speak. But um, I'm looking forward to doing more podcasting. Uh, when you think of uh, any water in your home, you get water in your home, make sure you're working with uh, Jim Rogers, Restoration One, 314-565-1962. Restoration One of Central St. Louis would like to remind you that if stormwater enters your home or a washing machine overflows or your sewer drain backs up, chances are your efforts won't be enough to completely dry your home. You know what happens when you don't get it completely dry? Mold. Avoid mold by working with Jim Rogers of Restoration One. 314-565-1962. That's 314-565-1962. Have your home professionally assessed and dried by the water damage experts at Restoration One of Central St. Louis. All right. Let's see what we got in here. I got a bunch. And some are some are from back but I haven't been able to get to them. So I'm starting back somewhere from August, actually. All right. Why does TMA work so well? I tried to do one TMA question. So like appeal to the crossover. Yeah, I like that. I like that play. Uh, why does TMA work so well? What is the secret formula? With the lineup changes slash fill-ins of the show has had over the past couple of months, anytime there is someone who fills in for either Tim or Doug, it feels different. Uh, Jackson filled in for Tim uh, and uh, did a great job. This kept bringing me back to the question of what makes a show so great. Why does it work? First thing you have to analyze the three main characters, Tim, Doug, and Iggy. The way they play off of one another is amazing. Never a dull moment. That dynamic immediately made me think of the classic comedy duos where they have the funny man and the straight man like Abbott and Casello, Laurel and Hardy. Hell, you could even bring in the 80s with Beavis and Butthead. Iggy would be the funny man with all of his countless stories of incest and debauchery. Doug would be the straight man gawking at Iggy's crazy tales and providing a great counterbalance 
That led to me to think where Tim lands in the dynamics of the show. It came to mind that there is another classic comedy team that fits TMA perfectly, the Three Stooges. The straight man is Larry, Doug. The funny man is Curly, Iggy. And the third guy is Moe, the ringleader, Tim. Tim, just like Moe, is a great mix of both straight and zany. Has this dynamic of classic comedy been conscious, conscious or subconscious? Have you ever noticed the similarities of classic comedy and TMA? Do you have any other insights into why this TMA lineup works so well? Keep up the great work. That's from Josh. Uh, that's I saved it. That's one now that I've read it, I almost want you to edit out because I kind of feel like in a way it's self-indulgent. Um, I, I, so often I think about like Buck Swope being in here or like interviewing us mm -hmm. because I feel like it's like when Jay was asking me questions, I'm like, oh, the audience wonders this, but nobody in the audience communicates it to me, but they communicate it to Jay or I know Iggy gets DMs from like the same guys 50 times a show. Yeah. Um, so Iggy's kind of the secret pipeline to the audience, although I don't know if Iggy knows that we know he's the secret pipeline. But either way, this is kind of... Here, here's what I would tell you. From my opinion on it, there's, there's, there's absolutely no, like, oh, let's put together a show and we'll, you know, and I'm sure people know this, but we'll, you know, we'll follow in the footsteps yeah. of the three students. It's not formulaic. Or, no, exactly. It's just, it's organic. Yeah. So when people, why does it work? Well, there is talent, um, but I don't know. But I, when I think of talent, Jackson, yeah, I don't think of what we do as talent. Mm -hmm. um, I think of, I don't even know to say like a Michael Jordan would be, but but even Jake Woodford. I'm picking an obscure member of the Cardinals. Certainly, the ability to throw a baseball. Uh huh is an ability that not everybody has that fast. Yeah. The, 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 um, in talking with Adam Long, for example, and how he's, you know, one of the tops in, on PGA Tour in hitting fairways, but distance, well, when I'm playing with him, he's hitting at 40 yards past me, uh, at least. Um, he's middle of the pack yeah. on distance. Uh -huh. I go, how, I go, what's the, can you do that? He goes, no, some guys are just born with it. Yeah. They just have fast twitch muscles and that's what they can do. So that, in that sense, is talent. I think what specific to my role and what I do, I don't think I have a talent. I think I have a brain that doesn't function properly. Properly being the way the bell curve of brains function. I think something is wrong with me. And I'm not saying this to be self-deprecating in a sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, although I know it can come off that way. And because it's unique, it can come off as a talent. But I think the fact that I can sit in a room, and even if you weren't here, no disrespect to you, yeah, I would still be talking and could talk for two hours. I don't necessarily think that's like a talent. Now, by definition, I guess it would be called a talent, but I just think my brain works weirdly. I think the memory thing is weird. I think my... Um, I don't even know what the right word, ability to argue, but in a way that is like, you know, almost like will hunting in the how you like them apples scene. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a, like a talent. I think it's almost like an, I don't want to call it awkwardness. Something works differently in a bad way mm -hmm. because I'm so, emotionless. <laughs> <laughs> you avoid the ad hominem. You don't go at people like personally, if you ever argue with someone, I, maybe that's it. I don't, there was a, t there this, I'll, I'll try to make it because people prefer anecdotes than this type of shit. 
and then I'll get into the what my observation is of of Doug and Iggy. And by the way, before I go there, it's funny to read like the main characters in the show, Tim, Doug, and Iggy. When if I, we would have said, uh, what would it be now, 14, 15 years ago, the main characters in the show, Martin, the cat, and Tim. Yeah. You know, so let's, you know, but I realize most people haven't been listening that long, so they don't understand. Like, and then it's like, Jackson does such a great job. Well, Jackson wasn't even part of the show a year ago. Yeah. So there have been a variety of pieces, and yet the thing continues to move along. But with that all said, there was, a, there was some girl next door party. How familiar are you with the girl next door thing? Because you would, you're familiar with it, but you would have been like 13 when it was like we had our final one. Yeah, all I know is a lot of grandmothers passed away. A lot of grandmothers passed away. It was brutal. Uh, And I'm sure some of the people listening to this don't even know what I'm talking about. Not some of, a lot of the people. It's really how Inside STL went from just being a website to being like surviving and now owning this content and TMA, although not operating. Uh, I want to make that clear. Um, and it was a girl next door, con- and some girl came up to me at a Hot Shots, and it wasn't it had no it wasn't a Hot Shots employee, complaining about something with the vote, and she was all emotional. Yeah. And one of the photographers who handled the girl next door photo shoots, and somebody else who worked at Inside STL, were just watching the conversation, and she's kind of yelling at me. Not like screaming, but like she's banty. Passionate. Yeah. I mean, it, what would be called in 2021 a Karen situation, albeit like a 22-year-old Karen situation. Yeah, those are those exist. And and she I didn't I didn't I didn't engage. Yeah. I just let her say her piece. And then at that point, I think the fact that I didn't engage might have freaked her out because I think she won like the reward for her was reptilian brain, reptilian brain. So therefore we're going to fight. Yeah. And then I just directly without like raising my voice or anything, I just laid out points one, two, and three, why she was wrong and that she's wasting my time. And if she has anything else come to the table with facts, otherwise I have a job to do. And she just stood there like, you know, yeah, shocked. like she got dunked on. Yeah. And then the gr- the two girls who were watching it, go, oh my God, that was like weird to watch. And I go, what was so weird about it? I just told her what happened. She goes, yeah, but you like destroyed her, but you did it so calmly. Like she doesn't know how to react. Like she's like a statue, you know? And I go, yeah, well, I wasn't doing it for effect. She was just wrong. I recognize when people are trying to bait me and most of the time it's like, okay, go fuck yourselves. You know, I know what I've got and I know why you're in a position where you're trying to bait me because some things haven't worked out for you. And so I'm not going to give you what you want, which is a reaction. Yeah. But in my mind that all plays out. And so therefore that is, that is how it, it comes out. So to tie it to something personal, whether I'm arguing with a significant other, I guess it's only really what I'm arguing now. Um, I guess to an extent, Doug on the show, although we don't really argue often, but Doug, I think, is more quote-unquote relatable because Doug comes from the emotional thing. Mm-hmm. And emotion works. Certainly. Emotion is Donald Trump. Emotion is, I'm trying to think of somebody on the left who would be emotion. I don't know who who would be. Feel That's free tough. to insert one. That's uh, tough. I don't know necessarily. Because I think I'm, if you want to go politics, I think I'm more not in any other way other than really direct and emotionless and um, hyper policy Obama. 
which I don't think resonates with a lot of people uh-huh. unless like that's what stimulates you is just like, well, you know, some nerds like, I, and I, I mean, here, here I am, I've talked about it before. I, my entire drive to Florida, almost like from Mount Vernon all the way to Jupiter, Florida. Mm-hmm. So we're talking 20 hours. I tried to get through Barack Obama's book, which is him reading it. And it was like torturing me because it was so fucking boring. <laughs> Yeah. Which worries me if I were to ever write a book. Like, yeah. <laughs> I might need, like, like I'll tell the story. Well, Doug will know most of the stories anyway. But I'll tell the stories to Doug, and then Doug can do it in a way that'll make it more yeah. relatable, so to speak. Because then it'll be more emotional. Because mine will be, well, you know, Dan Marshall did this, and then I did that, and then we put him out of business. You know, but, you know, there's more stories to make it more music. But when Doug argues, Doug ar- argues emotionally. And I think more people are emotional than they are analytical. Mm-hmm. And I think people relate more to emotion than analysis. People relate more to love. People relate more to religion, you know, even though from an analytical standpoint, it makes absolutely no sense and is, you know, counter logic. Yeah. But nobody wants to hear that. You're not going to win an election by telling people, ah, this, this whole God thing, (laughs) you know, there've been, you know, thousands of peoples over the course of humanity who have had a variety of different gods. I don't know why ours is right and theirs is wrong, but whatever, you know, you will immediately lose said election. Yep. Uh, so therefore to base policy on God would strike me as uh, ill-informed, but you know, I can't say that stuff, uh, but I'm not running for office. So I, I think my quote unquote talent is actually a flaw. <laughs> mm. I don't think my talent is something that I go, I realize it's unique, but it's weird in the sense that it's not like I, I like with Doug, mm-hmm. Doug appeared on the show today for the first time in more than a month. And to me, I almost felt like I was listening to a stand up comedy act. Yeah, seriously. You know? Yeah. Like he had material. Yep. Now he had his reason for having material. Yeah. And we had, we had discussed that via text last night, but that's who he is. He mm-hmm. is just an inherently funny person, i.e. talented person who can, and but also gets what he's doing. Yeah. Self-aware. Yes. Yeah. God, I, I don't know if I've, I, I want it. There, there will come a time and it might be on, whether it be my last day of the show, his last day of the show, the final day of the show, whenever that time comes, I feel like, and I got done with the phone call with Doug and this was maybe a year ago at this point. And I went upstairs and I said to my wife, I said, this is why Doug Vaughn has been on TV and he's been on TV nonstop, I think since the late seventies, starting in Minnesota, then to Miami. I mean, not just like Minneapolis, I'm talking Rochester, Minnesota, like a super small market, then to Miami. Now granted Miami wasn't as big then as it is now, but still Uh it's a big jump. And then to St. Louis and then worked in radio for 14 years on top of it and never had a problem. Like, the cleanest rap sheet. And then on top of it, anybody who would work with them, not just say stuff publicly, but anybody who work with them would say, yeah, what can you possibly say negative? A plus guy. Absolutely. Yep. It, part of it's the self-awareness. Certainly. So it's just, but with that all said, with that all said, that's a talent. I'm going to talk about self-awareness being a talent, although that that's, that's a great trait. Mm-hmm. His humor and his ability to deliver humor is a talent. Yeah. That's a talent. Yeah. To me, that's a talent. Yeah. Iggy's talent is also delivering humor, but it's in a different 
it would fall under the umbrella of humor. Now, tell me if you disagree with any of this, by the way. Fall, uh-huh. it's a different, it's under the umbrella of humor, but it's a different style of humor than Doug's. And here I am, and I've worked with him for as long as I've worked with him. I know him as, long, as well as I've known him. I've known him since 1998. And some, there are some times where I can't tell if he's serious. So to me, his talent is his ability to deliver a line and have it be as deadpan monotone as possible that he, he has people who love him. He has people who hate him, but they can't get enough of him either way, which is, which is a talent. Um, and he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. That's a talent. Yeah. Um, you are talented, and I know it. I can't figure out what it is yet. Cert- well, here it is. I'll tell you. This is usually the things you don't say to somebody when they're sitting in the room, but you're going to get it now. Cool. Uh, likeability, ambitious, great attitude, perhaps the best attitude we've ever had on the show. I don't even... And in a way, it sounds like a compliment. At the same time, when you kind of like list it out, it isn't that much. It's like, you know, <laughs> kind of winning the, yeah. you know, the, the NFC West in 2010. Yeah. But, uh, but... Nonetheless, I mean, because I fucking love Joe and I love Pete, but I, I think the shit surrounding the show on the outside would wear him down, and understandably so. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, and then all, but also a talent to be on air, which the great thing with you is you don't really care if you're on air. No. Didn't get into this to get on air. Just get into it. I think because you like the show, right? I mean, yep. that's basically the bottom line. Yeah. Um. So, 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 so you have the dynamics of the show. Uh, Matt Rocchio, who is currently board opping for the program, and who knows, might be board opping for the program for the next 10 years. I have no idea. I truly don't have any idea. Um, uh, has an ability to fire the drops that add to the show. Yep. That's a huge ability. Huge. Because um, it adds to the show. Yeah. Um, and is a really good guy. Yeah. So uh, the key, though... To me, if you're like, okay, that's fine. You've given me 10 minutes of an answer, but you still haven't really answered the question. The key is everybody understands the dynamic of the show, which is you're in the reindeer games, you're going to get attacked, and you're going to attack, and you can't take any of it personally. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. Because yeah. that, that's what makes Because it's a roast. Yeah. And if you have anybody on the roast day is, you know, reacting... Um, Negatively, it absolutely blows up the dynamic. If you have any of the people on the dais not getting along, then those two people really can't roast each other because then it's like, are they roasting me or are they taking a shot? Yeah. And never, when I've been present anyway, have I felt like anything on the show has been taking a shot. So not, not since I've been here. Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, definitely since you've been here, and and it it's just it's just been it's just that that's uh, that's 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 the key. Uh huh. That's the key. Uh, you know, usually when I when I um, talk about Howard Stern now, uh, I talk about the interviews because mm-hmm. I rarely, I mean, not even rarely, never listen to anything other than the interviews. But I was playing golf with one of our sponsors. I made reference to earlier, James Carlton. And he said, boy, Howard Stern's back and he's in the news right away. And I go, really? What the hell happened? Oh, yeah. Are you aware of this? Yeah. What, do you, what do you know what it is? Let's see if you know what it is. It, him going after that anti-vax uh, right. radio guy. Now, have you listened to the segment? No, okay, I read the my, story. Yeah. But. So it's one of those things. 
And I've oftentimes said about predicting the death of my career, TMA, however it'll go, it'll be take, it'll be a newspaper article writing about it without people listening oh, to yeah. it. I was That's aware at be. the time that this is going to be taken out of context. So I, so I would, James goes, Oh yeah, Washington posted a big story on it. And I'm like, Oh, I got to go back and listen. So I listened to it. First off, it is so damn good. Uh -huh. It really is. I, I think what I think of when I think of the show now, like my negative, when I think of his show now is like, oh, it's like Tan Mom and it's Ronnie the limo driver and it's, you know, I guess he's got some news reporter guy and holy shit, is he, uh, you know, the, the, I, it, he was very graphic about his gay sex life. Oh, I mean, it. here I am. I'm, I'm, I'll sit on this show all the time going, I'm as socially liberal as it gets. And I'm like, oh God, I guess I'm not as socially liberal <laughs> as it gets. Or sex positive. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm listening to it, and it's kind of amusing. But I'm like, wow, okay, you know, this is just put this is putting my social liberalness and sex yeah. positivity to the to the test. But yeah. <laughs> either way, whatever. That's not the, the point. The point is, it really it he, he's the Adderall sessions. Yeah, he's the Adderall sessions. He's all over the place. Oh yeah. So the first, so I'm listening to that to try to get to the point where he, then the story, I would guess 10% of the people listening to this are aware of what the story is. I wasn't even aware of it as a stern listener that he was saying, I'm tired of being cooped up in my house. I'm tired of that. Cause he's really abiding by yeah, COVID yeah. restrictions. Yeah, listening to that. I'm like, is this Manhattan? Or I think he's out in the Hamptons. I don't know where he is now. Probably Long Island or something like that. Or, or are we just super as weird as it might sound liberal in St. Louis and Missouri with it or conservative, however you want to view it. Yeah. And they super liberal or conservative with it in New York. Is this a totally different deal? Cause to me, it's like, yeah, I'm out and about. And most of the time I'm not even thinking about it unless I'm going into a place and I'm like, Oh, I got to go grab my mask. Uh -huh. So that's, that's where my mindset is on it. And he's like, he's not leaving the house. And then he went off on a tangent um, about radio guys a number of conservative talk radio guys who were making fun of people wearing masks, talking about how they're anti-vax and then how they died and how he was, yeah. you know, yeah. celebrating that essentially. Uh -huh. Now, when I listened to the segment, I'm like, wow, this is going to be based on what I had read. I thought it was going to be this big thing. Yeah. Like pre-planned. No, like a bigger deal in the segment. Okay. I gotcha. And well, I think it was pre-planned in the sense he knew we wanted to talk about it, but okay. he wanted to talk about a variety of different topics because they hadn't done a show in like two months. Yeah. But it really wasn't that big of a deal. Now, when you read the story, you would have thought this was this big thing, but the juiciest quotes are that and that that's it. He doesn't spend a whole lot of time on it, but he's like these guys, I mean, it's the, you know, they're sitting there and then what are your dying words? My dying words are, I wish I would have taken the vaccine, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, I was, I was listening to that and I was thinking to myself, you know, the dynamic he has is certainly something that I'm influenced by because that's what I listened to Yeah, from the time I was in broadcasting school to, you know, starting our own show without question and hearing that dynamic. But the difference is there, it's basically him just talking with Robin kind of agreeing and then he will bring in the news reporter who then he talks to about his gay sex life with his Colombian model boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And then he moves that piece out and then he brings in audio, which he then comments on and Robin will agree with and laugh and then pushes that out. And that's, that's it. So there, so that you have the, the multiple piece dynamic. Yeah. 
but the multiple pieces are pushed in and out and it's all built around Howard. Mm -hmm. The difference on our thing outside of uh, half a billion dollars versus that is all of our pieces are active on the air at any moment. And, and I think understand that they are welcome. You are welcome yeah. to be on the air at any moment. It is not like, okay, well, you're a producer, so you can't interact. Yeah. I think we all kind of recognize the certain topics, like when the cat was on the show. Yeah. When we would talk Missouri football, it's not like he would go, well, I'm out. Yeah. He just knew he didn't watch it. It wasn't something he was nearly as passionate about as me, Doug, Pete. And why would he get into it? When Doug and him would get into something on politics, you know, it might not be something I'm all that into. Yeah. And then I think sometimes people in the audience would take it as, oh, somebody's mad that the topic's being brought up. No, you let the two people who know it best or, or most passionate about it get involved. Yeah. Iggy takes his smoke breaks oftentimes when we're talking sports. Yep. Uh, the cat would, you know, he would announce, but I think that was for TV purposes, the plausible deniability, that he was getting wings when we would have a porn star on. Yep. And I get it. It wasn't like he, it's Jim Hayes or Doug Vaughn for that matter, never once, ever, 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 ever have or has, whatever, said, hey, I think we shouldn't talk about this topic. Ever. Uh -huh. Ever. Whereas I'm sure plenty of people go, man, I wonder if their TV jobs would have a problem with this. That's, that's just, that's just the truth. Yeah. But they withdraw from the conversation if they're like, ah, oh, this might get me into trouble or Doug will make sounds to make it clear that he is not on board. Yeah. At least publicly, even though internally he's loving it with the conversation. So the, as I call it, the plausible deniability. Yeah. So I think the key, and I, another thing is I think, and it's, it might sound weird to answer this question of why has it worked? We're not friends. And by that, I mean, we don't hang out and, and, and I want to take it a step further. No one hangs out. Like it would be bad if you and me hang hung out or it'd be bad if you and Iggy hung out or it'd be bad if me and Doug hung out. And then the other people on the show didn't, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if like, everybody's kind of the individual, but then all coming together to create the team. Yeah. There isn't a click. No. And that's a thing that you don't think about. Until then somebody asks, well, why has it worked? And you got to go think to yourself, well, why has it worked? Because I know we sit down and talk and we're not thinking anything. Yeah. But I think that's something that's important. I think if, like, take your pick of whomever, really, were to hang out away from the show, I I think it could, I don't say it could cause problems, but then it's like, oh, if the two of them were giving somebody shit, it could be like, oh, they're you know, picking yeah, on somebody not in the, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause then you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. It's it's, tough it, to it, say, but. Yeah. It's a weird deal. And again, I want to make it clear. I mean, we all, you know, I, I, I guess we are friends, but we're not like hangout friends. Yeah, That's the way I would describe no one, it. Never once has anyone in our, when I've been here, been like, Hey, I'm going to this bar. If you guys want to come right. over and like, we'll watch this game. It's not, that's not the case. Right. But we're all, I would say we're all extremely friendly. Right. And I think that's, and it's an, it's an accident in the sense that it happened that way, but I actually think it's important yeah. for a success of a show like this, so, where the root of the show is giving shit and getting shit. Yep. Because if you're ever in a spot, and it's happened, I mean, it, I mean, I'm talking about however many shows we've done, 17 years times, you know. 15 segments a week, that's a lot. Yeah, of I mean, so inevitably it's happened, but for real, I don't know if I can count it on two hands how many times it's happened where it's like, okay, there's a little tension between these two people right now. You recognize it. Um, but 
I don't know if you could have a show like we have if you did have a click or something along those lines. So it's good in that sense. And I think a lot of it is just the byproduct of where people are in their lives. Yeah. You know, when I was in my 20s and getting after it, Doug wasn't going to be over at the strip bars with me. The cat wasn't going to be over at the strip bars with me. Now we're all parents, different stages of our parenthood. You're 23, so I theoretically could be your father. Um, you know, yeah. Doug could theoretically be mine. Yeah. You know, we're, we're at different points in our lives. and But, you know, everybody comes together to, to bullshit. And I also think that's a thing. Even though it is, however many people are on the show at whatever given moment, all white guys, uh, there are different age perspectives and different political perspectives yep. that come to the table. And I don't think anybody demonizes another thing. I'm arriving at answers as we go. Demonizes anybody for their opinions. No. Um. And that's huge. That would be a problem. Like if somebody, you know, Doug's politics, probably the most well-known uh -huh. of the group. And if somebody's like, well, I can't possibly like kind of the emails that I'll occasionally get, how can you work with him? Or why do you let him say that? You know, those kinds of things. Like if I were to say to Doug, Hey, you, you can't, you can't say that about this person or this policy anymore. Yeah. Doug has never once said, Hey, you know, I have a TV job and you know, I know you worked there, so you know, the deal, you know, can we just not, talk about threesomes or cucking or whatever. Yeah. That would suck. Yep. And I, and, and by the way, I would get it if he would do it. Yeah. But it would suck. Yeah. Would because suck. every day we sit down there and it's like, we can talk about whatever, anything. And I'm sitting in here with you and I feel like I can talk about whatever I can say, whatever. Now that doesn't mean you can then now break the law. You can slander people. There's a difference there, mm -hmm. but and, you know, you can spout off falsehoods. There's a difference there. But as far as opinion goes, even if I completely disagree with it, I don't disrespect it. Yep. And I think that's an important thing. So now if somebody's sitting here going, okay, well, I want to create a show like TMA. I don't know how the fuck you would do it because, because when it gets down to it, it's, it's all of these different individuals coming together for the, some is the greater than the whatever parts yeah. thing that I always butcher anytime we're asked about. <laughs> the tough one. Yeah. The whole is the greater than the sum of its parts or something like that. Yeah. Fuck, you're, in the, you're in the right ballpark. The sum, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts there. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jackson, I've given my opinion. You have now been a part of it, but also a listener. What is your opinion? Yeah. It's a, it's, I think last week, we had the perfect example of it, in my opinion, was at 8.05, we had Ozzy Smith, and at 9.05, we had Lisa Ann. Yeah. Like, doing both. Like, when the Blues won the Cup, that was a great show. Same as if we do something goofy and Iggy tells some story about Hito. Also a great show. The Rams relocation thing was, I mean, really outstanding work by everyone on the program uh, of covering that. And at the same time, that's like the start of when cuckold talk became a thing. It's, it's the best of both worlds essentially. Cause no one wants just straight. No, I shouldn't say no one because plenty of people do, but for me personally, at least I don't want just straight sports talk. I don't think younger hours. people want that. No, I don't think younger people want that. No, they don't want that for three straight hours. And at the same time, they, but if they, but if the Cardinals were in the NLCS, they would, when yeah. the blues were in the Stanley cup run, not even the cup final, they, they, they would, it just depends. But if you have to force it, yes, and I'm so grateful. Listen, it's it's been well documented. Not all of it certainly has been documented about, you know, the fascinating situations the show has been in over the 17 years. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that has been a constant is we have never had, not never, but not in the last shit, I don't know how long, 
you got to go back to the aughts, well into the aughts, to uh, to have anybody in management or ownership telling us what we need to talk about or don't talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, it's kind of it's it's you know, there's some there's some negatives, of course, with some things, but that's a positive of it. Is, yeah. is the, in the sense that we can sit there and talk about whatever. Like if we were at a place that had a relationship with the Rams yeah. and we were talking about the Rams relocation thing, like we were in 2012, 13, 14 and 15, my guess is somebody would have come in and said, Hey, you guys gotta, yeah, you gotta tamp that down, yeah, you know, or you gotta stop yeah. one or the other. And that is huge because I think for the younger audience that this show certainly reaches as opposed to, I suppose, you know, take your pick of whatever other outlets or shows, um, so much of what a younger audience, I don't even think wants, but just expects is authenticity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as much as possible is transparency, but authenticity. And, uh, and so you don't have people espousing things that they truly don't feel, even if they know that the audience doesn't necessarily share the opinion or the majority of the people on the dais don't share that opinion. So it works that way. It's just, I mean, truly lightning, lightning didn't just strike once, it struck twice. Because to me, when Martin left, I know the cat really thought it was over. I didn't think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's not a reflection of Martin. I think if I would have left, I don't think it would have been over. I don't think it, I, I don't think it, I don't, if the cat would have left, I don't think it would have been over. The point being, it, it wasn't any one of the three. Yeah. The thing is stronger than any one. That mm-hmm. is, that is my premise and it is a, it's almost like a culture, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a person, Yeah, which is why when, and it's not to pick on Dan Caesar at all, he's just the only person who ever writes about it in the newspaper and understandably so, but when it's like, oh, Tim McKernan's show, and I'm like, yeah, it's just not, Yeah, and I know I've said this a bunch, but it, I mean, it, it, it is not my show. It's also not Doug Vaughn's show. It's not Iggy's show. It's not your show. Yeah. It is our show. And, uh, and that's why when somebody says, you know, you know, the key players, you, Doug and Iggy, and I'm like, okay, I mean, five years ago, who, what would you say the key players are? 10 years ago, what would you say the key players? And then, and the names would change. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's my premise. All right. I've answered one question and we've already gone 25 minutes. So I got to go. Uh, Hey Tim. Oh, a real live girl. Who? I didn't, I've seen the question, but I didn't realize it came from a real live girl. Uh, Oh, I've skipped the one that I was going to go to next. Well, I'll go to the real life girl first. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> and honestly, I was debating whether I, I was I need, initially was hitting delete, but I'm like, oh, I'll answer it because this will be a quick hitter. Cool. Especially if you would have said an over and under, yeah. I would have I would have helped me get to the over. The good bullet. Yeah. Hey Tim, as someone who has listened regularly or has only listened regularly for two years and podcasts a day late to the shows, and about three late, three weeks late to QFTA. I apologize if you've covered this in the past recently. One of the great things about the show is the live reads for the sponsors. I'm surprised to hear an audience member say that. I will tell you, it is the greatest thing about the show because yeah. it's why the show exists. Yeah, that's another thing. By the way, uh huh. This is out of nowhere. Yeah. Where do you think I'm going with this? Let's see if you're really on the page. <laughs> Um, cause like I, sometimes I feel like I just go off on tangents and I don't blame you for kind of tuning in and out because it is the Adderall sessions, certainly. but like the, my way to catch my son at four is I'll go, okay, what did I just say? And I, and he has nothing, you know, <laughs> this is kind of, I'm going to now put you to the test. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you, do you have any idea where I'm going with this? What I was about to say, another great thing, another great thing. And, and you've heard the first two lines of the email. Uh, uh 
is how much they like an advertiser's like Mark Hanna's calls. Uh, well, I give, I'm going to give you, I'm going to say yes. Okay. They, they have to, that for as many live reads as I do, uh-huh. and I've had to do them all while Doug has been out. Yep. So I'm doing some of the ones that Doug normally does, yep. which therefore means I'm sometimes doing three or four in a row, yeah, which yeah. isn't the way we historically st- structure it. But because of the circumstance, we have to, because yeah. I'm averaging like what, 19 to 21 per show. Yeah. We're in that range. Okay. I can't like stop the show and then do one and then stop the show and yeah, then do what can't yeah. do it. No, but I really feel like I was, I said this on the radio today and I mean it in a big way because when I was initially texting with John Vaughn about his dad's situation, you know, more than a month ago at this point, I'm just like, I really hope that people respect your family's request for privacy. And in the back of my mind, I'm like 99% of the people will. Yeah. But we're going to remember the 1% who won't. Yep. And honestly, it's been incredible mm-hmm. how people have handled it. I think there are some things going around that are inaccurate. I saw a little, what I thought was kind of like, okay, the, the group text thing. Now somebody's starting to try to maybe put the cast it out into the fan page and see if they can gain traction with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause there were a bunch of TMA listener group texts, uh, <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, it's like I have friends. We group text. People have met each other on the fan page and they're friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you'll get screenshots asking, is this true? You know, this person says this. But that the audience has, has you know, for as much shit as we all get. Yeah. Um, your approval rating on the fan page, I would say is, God, is it second or third on the show? I'll say Doug is first, Iggy is second, you're third. I don't, you might be second though. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, don't know. I, I don't think, know I think I'm fourth and rabies fifth. Yeah. I think that's where I, that's, that's my current your September fifth, 13th. Yeah. Fifth is absolutely correct. <laughs> Unfortunately. Chris I think my fun. first is, my first is up for grabs. Uh, but with that all set for as much shit as we get and the, the hatred of whether direct or passive aggressive or just whatever, clear dislike, whatever. Across the board, this is important to say. The audience has been so respectful of Doug's situation. Yeah. So respectful. Uh-huh. And I just draw it to, you know, because who I'm communicating, well, I'm communicating with, with Doug's wife and, his, and, and John Vaughn. I'm not texting with Nick or Greg. Um, not to say that I wouldn't. It's just like I'm texting with John. That if it were my dad uh-huh. or if my son were old enough and it were me and my son's concerned, and you get on a page that's called the fan page. Yeah. But, you know. Might have other ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and people were speculating on the health of my father. Or if this is, well, hell, I mean, now let's say my son's 16, you know, so 12 years from now. And he's reading stuff, people speculating about me. That would be brutal. Because you're already concerned. Yeah. And now you got that part to it. Yeah. And that was the thing when I was talking with John right at the gate. I said, hey, you know, I know this, but I said, think about this part and think about this part. And then also I know, you know, this is how, you know, you know, this is how your dad feels about the fan page. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so with regards, I said, just, we got to be, we just got to be careful on this because, you know, I for as much as you and I mm-hmm. both on the left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, feel about Doug, who is obviously on the right. Yeah. There, all it would take would be one yep. to go, Oh, I bet he didn't get vaxxed and he's got COVID 
and then it, it which you know bullshit but yeah. either way all and then it spins into now we're going to debate what's going on with my dad or with my husband if you're Jody and people speculate and then it's in like me or you or the current admins on the thing uh-huh. neither of whom are on there all that often uh-huh. don't find out about it yeah and it's just there and it just percolates into something grotesque and you're worried about your dad's health because yeah. nobody at the time knew exactly what was going on. Doug uh-huh. clarified it this morning on the show. If you want to go back and podcast, uh, it was the eight o'clock segment, segment two, that uh, that would be brutal. Yep. And that's what I was concerned about. Again, not because like 50% or even 10% or even 5% would do that, but all it takes is one or two. Yeah. Those are the ones you remember. And it's usually the, 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 like the sleeper cell ones that are lying dormant. You know, they join as a real account, but then they change their name and then they're now it's a burner and then they just want to start shit. Yep. And that's what I was worried about. And for real, I've had one DM, I've had one email and then today I got a text, but I don't think the text was coming from a bad place. Uh, not that the, the email and the, the DM were necessarily coming from a bad place. It just totally went against what the Vaughn family requested, which was just requesting privacy. Yeah. But I mean, you're talking about a passionate audience for better or for worse. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not, but for better or for worse. And the most popular guy on the show is just out all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we don't know ourselves yeah. exactly. Doug himself doesn't know exactly initially what's going on. Yeah. And, and understandably people want to know. It's human nature. Yep. If, if I listened to, you know, I don't know what a good comparison would be. Cause Stern wouldn't be a good comparison. But if I listened to a show I loved and, you know, the most popular guy is just all of a sudden not there. Inevitably, you know, I'd talk with other friends of mine going who listen to the show. I'd go, what do you think's going on? What's going on? Have you heard anything? That's human nature. Yeah. And I won't, I don't chastise anybody for that. That's, that's done privately. Uh-huh. It's when it would go public that would have been an issue. Uh-huh. And so that was that was handled so, and has been handled. Now Doug's appeared, so now you know most people think it's a conspiracy. Uh, it's been explained, but you know and he sounds great, which is which can really put everything to rest. But that you know that has been, and I'm not sure every audience does that. I'm not. I, I can't speak for other audiences. I don't know other audiences, mm-hmm. but I love our audience for that. That is such a great thing because it's the first time the show has been faced with that. Yeah. And people respected it. And, you know, I mean, I love Doug in a friend and we've been through a lot together, you know, for 20 years, but he's not my father, you know, in Jody's case, not, not his, you know, not her husband. And I'm just like, I don't want this group of four people who don't know what's going on with their husband slash father to be exposed to some of the toxicity that we are exposed to. And it's not limited to the fan page, text inbox emails that we get, you know, and you're thinking nobody will do it. But when you add in the element of politics, that was, again, it wasn't going to be a bunch of people, but one or two going, well, I know he's got COVID because all that would take with that. And he didn't get vaxxed. And so he's getting what he's deserved. Yeah. And th- that's all. What, and, and be like, you know, that's, that's, that's when yeah. the emotions can, you can, you know, lose control because you're already on edge as it is. Yep. 
you know, I mean, you're so close with your dad. And yeah. can you imagine, you know, essentially the same age as Greg Vaughn, I think. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And Doug's essentially around the same age as your dad. And if yeah. you were reading this while you're worried about your dad's health and somebody's on there. Couldn't imagine. Yeah. It'd be, it would be. Yeah. You would, you, you, you do, you have a tough time keeping, keeping it in. Yeah. And so be. that's what I was trying to think of like, okay, how are we, how can I do whatever I can to help keep that from happening, even though I can't con completely control it. Yeah. And when it got down to it, the audience just was in incredible. I can't say enough about it. It's one of those things. It's like the, uh, the, the, when we raised money for officer Blake Snyder, if I'm not mistaken, it's sparing middle school or elementary school. Uh, mm -hmm. I apologize for not knowing and I was sparing and we raised like $25,000 and I'm just like, I'll be eternally grateful for that. Yeah. Larry you know? Nickel. Uh, the Larry Nickel thing, raising $65,000, eternally grateful for that. This wasn't a case of raising money, but it was just beautiful because I know, I mean, shit, I get asked about my contract, <laughs> you know, by strangers. Yeah. So if you love the show, good chance you love Doug. And then therefore you're automatically going to be curious. Yep. And people handled it privately and respected the Vaughn family's request for privacy. And that was just an incredible thing. All right. Uh, so this person was asking about a real girl was asking about the live reads. Uh, whether the, the live reads are hilarious, whether it's you or Doug using pregnant pauses for effect copy that plays off show content or mistakes in the copy, like driving St. Louis traffic to sheet stores in Brooklyn or referencing events in the past. They are must listen to unlike the spots on other podcasts, to which I subscribe and fast forward through. My question is, the copy is read by different hosts and sometimes Rockio. How is it determined who will do the read? Does the sponsor get to choose? Is there a premium for one host over another? If it's a national spot where they likely don't know one host from another, do you flip a coin or decide based on who makes more sense based on the product? I just listened to yesterday's show, and this email was sent in in August, so this is August 24th, um, and it was most likely inside baseball, which I love. So if you can talk about this type of thing, I know I would be interested. Thanks for all you do. That's from a real live girl. Never thought I would be asked about how the live reads are distrib <laughs> distributed. Yeah, um, but I'll, I'll answer the question. I'll go one by one. My question is the copy is read by different hosts and sometimes Rocky. How is it determined who will do the read? Um, in the case of the national buyers, which would be like, I'm doing a Roman spot right Roman, now. Harry's back. Harry's, yeah. Brooklinen, which was made reference to with the uh, sheets in Brooklyn. Um, ad results is the buyer mm -hmm. and ad results requests me to do the spot. Um, so do with that what you want. That doesn't really mean anything, but that's the answer to your question. With other clients, um, they may request a specific talent do them. I think what's, I think another thing that's happened is if somebody has gotten so overloaded with spots, they try to then maybe to get other voices, have other people do spots. Yep. That's, that's what, uh, does the, but does the sponsor get to choose? Absolutely. If the sponsor wants me or wants Doug, um, or Iggy or Jackson or Matt or whomever, then the, the sponsor can absolutely request the talent. Uh, is there a premium for one host over another? I know it like FMs there is, there are, there is, nurse. That's a tough one. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yes, but I don't think that's the case. I think there is a standard rate yeah. for a live endorsement on TMA. Uh, uh, if it's a national spot where they likely don't know one host from another, do you flip a coin or decide based on who makes it? Well, it's not, it's not our decisions. We host the show, but, to, but, um, as I said, with regard to the ad buyer, ad, ad results, they, they have me doing them. Um, so there you go. I don't, 
I'm, I'm happy to answer the question. I don't know how interesting it is to the majority of people, but a real live girl sends an email in and you get read if you are a female. Yep. All right, before I go on to more questions, and I'm leaving in nine minutes, Jackson, how great is it that my son has soccer practice <laughs> at 1130 and you know I'm going to leave by 1115 because I'm not going to miss soccer practice. I can't wait to go. Yeah, no, I'm happy. I know to you're just... happy to be here. I can pick up your body language. You no, are. But you are. I'm more so the, you know, getting to see your son play some soccer. That's I cool. love it. Yeah. I can't tell you cool. how much I love this. Yeah. I don't know. I And it's one of those things that, you know, five years ago when I didn't have a child, I would have just been like, oh my God. I got to go watch. I just, I, it's the, for me, it, again, I think a lot of it is I'm 44. If I were 24, I'm not sure I would have felt this way. I also probably wouldn't have had the flexibility at 24 to, to go do this. So I'm sure you're sitting here going, Jesus, dude, you and this, you know, okay, have fun. But for me, I love it. Yeah. I can't, I guess I'm grateful that I have the schedule that allows me to at 1130 on a Monday, go run and watch my son essentially pick flowers out of the ground. <laughs> run. Know. He'll be doing a lot of running. Yeah. Or, or, you know, and the thing is, he is so damn fast when he's chasing me around the house. It's at a point now where I can't outrun him. <laughs> and it's not like I'm like, you know, I mean, it's not like, listen, it's not like I'm swift anymore, no. but I'm, it's not like I'm slow either. And I'm like, this mother, I can't outrun him. We play this thing where I run around the house and it used to be that I would have time to go hide. And now I don't have time to hide because he's on my ass. And I go, why aren't you running like this when you're out on the soccer field? Seriously, yeah. It's, it's kind of nuts. Anyway, I got libraries to do. Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com. Uh, the great Seth Goldcamp is the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast, the Pick 6 podcast presented by Telemore Dew and the Ryan Kelly Morning After. If you have any heating and cooling issues, make sure you are doing business with Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling. I am a client. Jackson's parents are clients. Doug's a client. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. Jackson, tell me about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Boy, that Mark Hanna, he he really, he truly is the best in the business because everything he does is for his clients, for you. It's not for him. Like he's not doing this just because like, you know, I mean, it is his job, but he really enjoys doing it. I've talked to him. I said, what do you got planned for the rest of the day? After we talked, he goes, well, I got like a bunch more people I got to call and get to, get to call. How about that? But I love doing it because he loves helping people out. And he helps people out because it's every person's different. Like not everyone's going to be in the same position I'm in and I'm not in the same position they're in. And Mark understands that and he'll help you to achieve whatever you want in your life. He doesn't care what it is. If you want to save for the future, if you want to save for next year, if you want to save for next month, he'll give you the best strategy for it. And he'll give it to you how you need, like whatever person, because every person is different. And Mark understands that, caters to each and every person and he's the best. And if you don't work with anybody, you know, stop worrying about it. Instead, call Mark and stop worrying about it. 889-0503. Yep. Make that call, Jackson. Make uh, it. It's the best decision I've made in the last six months. I love hearing that. That makes me so happy. Yeah, it really I don't want to know your financials, but I'd love to see where you are, like when you first called, like in two years and how it will be on this uptick, yeah. whereas mine was probably declining. Yeah, in I'm really looking forward to seeing that too. Uh, it's such a good thing. I'm so happy. You'll be in such a good spot when you're my age. That's a, that's a great thing. Uh, and uh, also, uh, Jamie Burkhardt. And uh, Clayton Patterson among us, St. Louis Acura.com, AltonToyota.com. The deal for our listeners is this You want a 2021 car at Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota? Fine, no problem. Here it is. You go out there and you tell them you're a Ryan Kelly Morning After listener, a Tim McKernan Show podcast listener, and you get $1,000 off that 2021 car just by telling them that. 
Couldn't make it any more simple than that. Plus, if you're looking for a pre-owned vehicle, they have more than 300 on the lot for you. You can, you can go check that out and shop online right now for the pre-owned selection at stlouisaccurate.com and altontoyota.com. Tim, I just finished, uh, finished listening to the QFTA episode. As a longtime listener of your musings, I was actually listening the day InsideSTL.com debuted. Wow. We have a lot. Sometimes maybe I, I, uh, I, I don't give enough credit to the number of people who've been listening for as long as they've been listening. I mean, that's, that's August 15th, 2005. Sheesh. I wanted to let you know how much I have enjoyed the recent opinions and discussions regarding both St. Louis and the Cardinals on both the podcast and TMA. I moved to Westfield, Indiana nine months ago due to a job change, but still remain a dedicated daily listener via PLTD. So thanks for that. One of the things I thought of while listening was something I heard the great Bob Bragg say one time regarding Mizzou football. Mr. Bragg stated that the problem with Mizzou fans is that they want to go 11-0 and every year, playing the toughest schedule in the country, and then not cheat. Obviously, this was during the Big Eight days when Oklahoma and Nebraska ruled football, but I've always thought it was a somewhat fascinating explanation and wonder if this same attitude seems to persist with the B-Fibs today as well. One of the interesting things I've experienced during this relocation has been how different it is to move to an area where a lot of people are from somewhere else. My wife and son and I moved into a neighborhood, and of the families immediately around our house, only one is actually from Indy. That just does not seem to be the case in St. Louis. It has been an interesting adventure, having spent most of my life in St. Louis, with the exception of two years in Little Rock and two years in Springfield, especially as an adult with a family is the biggest challenge was helping our son adjust to a new school and finding friends during a pandemic, which has been challenging to say the least. I realize I am beginning to ramble and don't need to take any more of your time. Just wanted to give some feedback and say thanks as well and express that I think these St. Louis topics are discussions that should keep happening. Thanks. That comes from Mark. And I don't know if I can use his last name, uh, but he includes his last name. Um, yeah, I did. I, the, that was just, that would fall into the you're welcome to email and everything category. Yep. Uh, a lot was covered there. I mean, we had Mizzou, we had Cardinals, and we had uh, living in a city where not everybody knows each other. I think that's another thing. Like the Florida thing for me isn't just weather. It's I don't know anybody. Yeah. It's kind of invigorating. I like it. Yeah. And they don't know me. And I like it. Yeah. So, I, but I mean, at the same time, I don't know if I like had it for like regular, like if I it was after a year or two, it's like, oh, that's my life. Maybe the fact that I, you know, in St. Louis, you know so many people. Yeah. And there's no way that if somebody is my age and they have lived in St. Louis all their lives that we don't have a mutual friend. There's just no way. Yeah, it'd be tough. There's or at least no like way. a mutual someone we, yes. we both know. There's just no, it's just, there's just no way. But I, but I, I just, you know, for me, I like it, but maybe I like it because I'm in this weird spot. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But that's, that's, that is interesting. And I would say what Mark's experience is probably way more common when you're living in, um, cities of a decent size, um, that you don't have, you know, the provincial element of it, uh, with regards to Missouri football, and he didn't really have a big take there outside of, uh, Mr. Briggs stated that the problem with Mizzou fans, they want to go 11 and 0 every year playing the toughest schedule in the country, and not cheat. Um, yeah, I think that I, th and I know that this wasn't really a Missouri football email. It was more just about enjoying the podcast, but I kind of feel like the bar has moved the opposite direction for Missouri fans is that 
if you like the coach, then you can spin whatever it is into a positive. Now, I don't know how they would have spun things into a positive if the game continued the way it looked on Saturday night against Kentucky, like it was going to. Yeah, that would be tough. Like if it, spins I mean, because there were even some of the most ardent Missouri supporters who in the first half were going, wow, this team's going to suck this year. Shit, Drinkwitz was all, you know, smoke, no fire. Uh, and then by the end of the game, they had, you know, probably deleted those takes. But, um, yeah, I... Uh, if anything, I feel like there is a, I don't know if it's the majority of Missouri fans or not, that, that settle isn't the right word, but don't don't dream big enough. Yeah. Like beating, beating Like why Arkansas. not us? Yeah. Why not us? You know, this year, barring a huge surprise, it certainly could happen. They're going to have to win the whole rest of the way. Ohio State, which is usually there. In the playoff, mm-hmm. kind of like Alabama and Georgia and Clemson and Oregon and what? Who's, I think Michigan State and Washington are the only other two who have been in there. Own oh, Florida State at the very beginning. Florida State, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's it. Who've been in the playoffs? It hasn't been really a large party of teams. Yeah. Ohio State's going to have a tough time getting in now that they've lost. They got a loss. Clemson has a loss. Yeah, I mean, so it's you know, can they both get in? Absolutely. I mean, you look at the ACC schedule for Clemson. Yeah, there, sure. I would say they're probably likely to get in, but. You know, you might have somebody crash the party this year. Yeah. And so um, my point being uh, that I, I, I'm just like, why not us? Why not us? I realize it's not there now. And college football, college football doesn't have a St. Louis Blues kind of situation where a team comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's kind of tough to be a Cinderella. Yes. It just isn't the way. Oh, yeah. NCAA tournament would yeah. actually be a better analogy. You can't, that's not the way the college, college football is almost like a, it's almost like a four or five year season. You yeah. have to kind of have some momentum and then you carry it over and then yeah. you carry it over and then you carry it over. And then you also can have a season where it starts backwards and then you try to keep it from regressing to the point where, you know, now you're Nebraska, yeah. you know, and you used yeah. to be this great power. So Missouri only losing by seven, but, but adjusting defensively in the second half. I'm dead serious, Jackson. I know it might sound weird and maybe I'm in a minority on it, but that's the best I've felt about Eli Drinkwitz as a coach during a game in his tenure at Missouri, which I realize is what at this point, 12 games. But, uh, you know, the LSU thing last year, which I guess, because when I asked Missouri fans, like, what is the, why are you so high on him? I'm not saying you shouldn't be. I'm just going, what, what has he done? Yeah. I'm like, well, he beat LSU. I'm like, LSU's fucking awful. <laughs> what was yeah. that? So who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, I mean, there was one road win, and it was against a dreadful South Carolina team. Dreadful. You know. Yeah. They, they, they had to fade Arkansas, and that was the 2020 Arkansas team, not the 2021. And they got stomped in Starkville, albeit I don't count that one necessarily because yeah, Missouri one. was a shell of itself. But I just, I'm like, what are we doing here with like, this guy's going to be great. And then on top of it, I don't think he's necessarily going to stay here all that long if he is great. But that's fine. That's a good problem to have. What happened in the second half there was very un-Missouri-like. And I'd include Pinkle in that, in that the adjustments they made defensively gave him a shot. And that encourages the hell out of me. Now, from a schedule standpoint, I don't know if now you go, well, there's a game I think they could win that I didn't think they could win because I think at the line of scrimmage where games are really decided, I think they're just outmatched. Yeah, they're bad. When you're playing against, you know, Florida, Georgia, A&M, 
I will Arkansas, see. Well, maybe. Yeah, I, I think I think the Arkansas thing kind of gets underrated around here. But I knew that people around here and high school coaches were high. Gary Cornfield was one who texted it today, but he's not the only. Really high on Pittman. Pittman. Yeah. Uh, and people who really pay attention to the game were like, this guy is Somehow. he is a star. Now yeah. he's not this young social media, you know, and I'm not even thinking of Drinkwitz. He doesn't necessarily play the game that gets the attention now. Yeah. But uh, Ace is a good coach, and he's been kind of overlooked for a while, but he's going to get things going at Arkansas. So with that said, um, I like that. And now maybe I feel better about Boston College than I did. But in fairness, it's not like I've watched a whole lot of Boston College football. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen them since Flutie threw the ball. So um, just I, that that was one I was kind of like, God, I think there's a chance they're 2-2 two and two at the end of September, and that's going to be a problem, even if they're, they're close games. You know, B5-1 and one against A&M with one seven-point loss on a packed house in Lexington. Yeah, that's a whole different— That's, that's a different—that's a different deal. Yeah. And maybe A&M isn't that good. I don't know. Or maybe yeah. A&M got by on a day they didn't have it. Um, and uh, let's see. Let me get one more in, even though I'm past 11-15. Uh, let's see. What can I do? Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Um, God, fine. I'll just do— Uh. Tim, how would things have been different if social media didn't exist in 2020? Well, I think it's a good way to finish. It's kind of like Letterman's top 10. Number one was usually the worst one of the top 10. Yeah. 2020 doesn't happen without social media. Yeah, it's, it, it's, 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 it's like... <laughs> That's how it's different. It doesn't happen. The year, of course, comes off the calendar, but the whole thing doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Donald go. Trump's not the president. No. Um, I say that with, sir, I'm sure that for those, and I, we do have a lot of people who are big Trump fans who listen to the podcast and God bless for listening to the podcast, even though you know where I am on him individually. Um, but, uh, Donald Trump would have never become president. Uh, what else? Uh, I don't think well, then therefore I think the reaction to, uh, COVID and, uh, what we now have with the vaccine would have been different. Yep. Um, I don't think you would have had the uh, people on pins and needles and or backlash to, and I'm not talking about social media backlash, but I'm talking about own personal individual backlash to things that should kind of be obvious, but, but now are considered woke, um, you know, or yeah. you wouldn't have as much wokeness on the other side of it. Yeah. Because I just, ways. I feel like so much of what goes on now, and I could be wrong and I could spend, and here I am and I want to run to my son's pro soccer practice. And really this might be the thing I'm most passionate about. Cause I think it's actually the most important thing in the world right now, which sounds ridiculous because it's the, do it's the first domino that can lead to, um, an unqualified person in office, um, a dangerous person in office, a dangerous mindset amongst the population. Take your pick of whatever it is. And by the way, when I'm saying these things, I'm not thinking, I'm sure Trump people are like, oh, you're talking about Trump or Biden people are like, you're talking about Biden. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about just, is that reporting is now done. I think by and large for likes, it's not done for what is the story. Somebody sent me something, and I immediately wanted to just go, okay, don't send me this shit. And it was because it was from theblaze.com. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> ah, yes. The, the blaze. blaze. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, okay, the way the person framed the email, I'm like, okay, he's not, he's not like trying to 
come after me. Like what you said regarding social media is is typified here. And I've I've read it and it was good. The column I thought was good actually, but I, I don't have it up in front of me and I'm mm-hmm. wrapping this up. And it was about Brian Kelly's miss delivery of the I'm all for the my players being executed joke after they escaped Florida State. Yeah. And you know how the whole thing got started? I don't want to say the whole thing got because I watched it and I go, what in the fuck did he just say? <laughs> yeah. That was uh I was as I was watching it, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, what what did he just say? And then then to I think it was Reese Davis. Was it Reese Reese Davis? I think it was Reese Davis who was on the call. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes and in Reese and he didn't he didn't do the thing where he, he awkwardly called attention to it. Ah, Brian Kelly, call you know, <laughs> yeah. re- reminiscing on an old John McKay line where yeah. he was asked what he thought of his players' execution, and he said, "I'm all for it." Of course, the coach of the very bad Tampa Bay Buccaneers teams from the 1970s. I thought Reese Davis handled it perfectly. Who is his foil at ESPN, ABC College Football? Who has Her- he replaced? Herbie? Chris Fowler. Oh, Fowler, yeah. Chris Fowler's tweet was a uh, was like one of those that you see from like a. 21 year old trying to get followers and it was like uh it, like he literally started it with the uh like me and the cat used to love talking about when somebody starts out a tweet with uh, uh yeah it's just so smarmy and childish almost. yeah yeah and then it's just it's it's like bait it's obvious like bait don't you see what you're doing don't you can't you see how you're conveying your insecurities but anyway whatever you're Chris Fowler. It's like Chris Fowler's doing this shit. Yeah. Like if Joe Buck, who I'm, you know, I'm, sorry, I'm gonna say I'm friends with Joe, but who I certainly have a rapport with, if Joe would have done that, I would have gone, "What the fuck is Joe drinking or something?" Like yeah. you know, it's, it was a Sunday night on a holiday. The next day, what the fuck? You're just above that. Yeah. And so for Chris Fowler to tweet out something along the lines, of, here I'm gonna pull it up. Fuck it, I'm gonna be late for the soccer practice. You knew this was gonna happen, didn't you? Yeah. It's- Spelled it right from that last question about social media. (laughs) I heard social media one more. You know, that's that's my that's the spark that'll. (laughs) Chris Fowler's tweet was, "Uh, what do we think?" Oh, (laughs) we think. Now I'm gonna throw something. Now I'm gonna throw something. That's awful. Ah! (laughs) But you're Chris Fowler, man. Yeah, it's 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 a weird premise from a like a weird guy to be sending the premise. Uh, what do we think of Brian Kelly's humor attempt? It's a twist on an old one-liner saying his whole team should be, quote, executed, but this is 2021. Yeah, I don't think it works. It was a resilient W in a very tough environment. So you guys take off at the end. <laughs> God, that's weird. 3,200 likes. Good for uh, It's just like, what are you, do- like, it's just one of it's so odd. Yeah, it's super odd from a guy who's like right. way above that. Like way That's like above. from like the sideline reporter who's fresh out of KOMU yeah. trying to get their traction it's in the John business. John Talty special. <laughs> that's a Talty special. So yeah, that's what he would serve up. God bless. Like you're praying to get a job. And I'm just like, and, 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 and Kelly, Kelly's reaction was like, oh, it was so good. God, I wish we could just like throw sound. I know you can pull sounds and we can edit this whole thing. Yeah. Whatever. He's like, you guys want to go after me for it? It was a joke. Yeah. We can't laugh at anything. Fine. Take me down for it. He's just like, fuck you. What are you yeah. going to do? I'm the head coach. I know yeah. Like, can we you be- know, and I win, you know, yeah. if you've been losing, maybe. And I just love it. Just yeah. like, 
fuck off. We just it was won a stupid dope. joke by a guy who isn't exactly all that likable. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. I mean, are we really? I mean, we're really, and then we're going to tie it in to Declan Sullivan falling off the, are you familiar with that? The videographer, there were high winds and he was the videographer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a decade ago, well, Brian Kelly shouldn't be the one making the joke because he had the videographer killed. I'm like, well, that was, he didn't have the videographer killed, you yeah. know? Yeah, nice. I'm sure it horrifies him that it happened, you know, but are we really, I mean, it's just, it's gross. Yeah. It's gross, but you tweet it out. It's going to get likes. And then it's like, okay, good. Now I can feel better. about. I got my likes. I'm justified. It's just, but then, so then this, this article says editors used to pick what is the news based on what appeals to the most people as far as their concerns. Mm-hmm. Now the news, the top two headlines, I can't remember what they were, but one, the top headline on ESPN.com the next day, Brian Kelly responds to criticism. That's what it always is. I, yeah. I used to do this. I don't know if it was with you or if it was with Pete, where I go, okay, I'm going to pull up the Fox oh, News headline. Yeah, I'm going to pull up the yeah. CNN. I can already do it without, you know, uh, let's see, which jack off headline is, is on there today. Uh, no, not, I have to say, I've been proven wrong, and I won't doctor one up to prove myself right. I, they're all, like, legitimate Washington football team rules. Fitzpatrick out for Thursday. Lions, some guy I've never heard of, out for the season. Uh, Lindor settles spat with three home runs. Oh, he had three home runs last night? I didn't know Did that. Did he really? I, mean, I know they got in the little brouhaha. Jackson but... focused on football over deal. Uh, you got to be more specific with your Jackson. <laughs> who is that? Is that Lamar? Lamar? I'm I guess. assume Lamar. Uh, Hokies, Mitchell, they have season-ending certain. Well, this must be a slow day. Yeah. These are all just sports stories. Anyway, that it's done to get into the algorithm of social media. That's what the headlines yeah. are for. It's all algorithm. Like, I can't keep going. I'm just going to cut it off because I want to go see my son's soccer practice. God bless. So we're going to have an abrupt ending. But if you ever want to get me going, that's how you get me. Not because I'm like, I, I don't give a shit. I, I, I'll post pictures. Of, it's mainly my family. But, you know, that's that's why I, I, I'm but I'm proud of my family. I don't really? I don't tweet, which I would love to. I would love to interact with people like while watching the Missouri. Like I would love to tweet at halftime of the Missouri game, Jackson. I can't believe they're only down seven points. They look like they don't belong on the same field as Kentucky. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, it's going to get like shit on by a bunch of people, even though it's just, it's, it's a benign football observation. Yeah. And then if somehow they wind up winning the game, then it's like freezing cold take, you know, uh, it's freezing like, cold you, just don't, you don't even, it's this like, it's anyone, poorly. Nurse, nurse. Yeah. You're good. I can't do this podcast in less than an hour and a half. I just, I, I got too much going on in my head. I'm a fucking disaster. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talented. I'm a mess. The key to being a successful radio host is to be fucked up. Yeah. That's it. I will go back to the University of Missouri and I was, I'm going to make, I'll speak to the class today. You'll only need one minute though. Ladies and gentlemen, if you get into radio or podcasting, if you are of sane mind and body, you will not be successful. But if you're fucked up, you'll be successful. Just embrace it. The rest of you read off the teleprompter. All right, I got to go. Thank you, Jackson. Thank you to the sponsors. This has been the Tim Kernan Show. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, My Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. 
So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.